Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week it's a little bit different. We have an interview but it's not an interview with an expert. It's just an interview with a kid. Hello. <laughs> uh, my son, Ethan, is with me today and we are going to be talking about a decluttering project that he undertook recently. And I thought that it might be something that you might want to hear about because he did it all by himself and he is not... No, I'm not even going to go any further. I'm going to let him tell you what he's like. Um, and then maybe we can, uh, you'll, you'll understand why I got him in to, to interview about this because I think it could be helpful for some people with certain personalities. So, Ethan, quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 15 and I'm not the tidiest person in the world. <laughs> you got that from your mum? Yep. Yeah. Um, I like mountain biking, playing football and filmmaking okay and some gaming yeah and as far as stuff goes how would you describe your relationship with your belongings as a child maybe less not so much now but as a child i think when i was younger i got overly attached to things and i couldn't really let things go because i think i thought they had like if each thing i had had feelings yeah and if i got rid of it that that feeling would be sad and I had that guilt hanging over me. Okay. Was that like, does that still, do you still have that sometimes? A little bit, but I, I I'm not as... Sentimental. Yeah, about stuff now. Um, we'll discuss your soft toys a bit later though. <laughs> and so you're not naturally organised. Why did you decide to recently conduct a major declutter of your bedroom? What was the trigger Mainly because I'm sick of being untidy. Why? What does untidy do? I don't know, it's just... I, I can't get things done in my room if there's stuff everywhere. And I, I don't like looking at my room when it's got a big bookcase in it full of stuff I don't use. And it's just taking up space that I don't need. So describe your room a little bit for people who are listening who, who don't really... Who need to be able to envision it. Well, it's quite small it's, <laughs> it's tiny isn't it <laughs> five by five or something it, no it's far less than that it's uh, like three meters by two and a half or something like that and half of it is taken up by an inbuilt wardrobe that it's maybe what, half the size of my wall not more yeah there's a, a big you've got a three door no, it's a two-door two w- uh, built-in robe in there. And, and there's a big, I think it's like 20, 24 square yeah. um, bookcase that's just taking up a whole wall. And then there's my bed. That's and the desk, and yeah. The desk. So the, the bookcase is a 25-cube IKEA bookcase, which takes up one whole length of your room. Yep. Then the window takes up another length. Your bed takes up the third and the walk-in robe takes up the fourth, pretty much. And then there's the door somewhere in there. And very minimal floor space. Yeah, so it's a pretty tiny room. And you're getting bigger. And so I think that as you've gotten bigger, you've felt a bit claustrophobic in there, perhaps. I guess. 
I mean, I only just recently gave myself claustrophobia. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a bit different. One, one will get claustrophobia after they lock themselves in a car boot, but that's for a different interview. So you got a bit tired of looking at all the stuff and then you decided to do this declutter. Now, one, one of the reasons why I've got you on to talk about it is because you actually did it all yourself. And in the past, it's been something that I've done with you and I've tried to teach you. And I was quite proud that you just decided to do this all by yourself. It has taken you a while and you haven't quite finished and we'll talk about yeah. the last finishing touches. But I want to sort of know what your process was. And I think that people who are listening would be interested in knowing what your process was as well, especially somebody who isn't naturally organized, isn't naturally tidy, doesn't really like doing things like cleaning and tidying and stuff like that. And so I thought, you know, if we can find out what motivated you and how you went about it, that might help some people who are struggling themselves. So what was your first step? Well, it was kind of an impulse decision to just, like, one, I think it was a night, and I just kind of looked around and thought, you know what, tomorrow I'm just going to just do it. And I knew what I first wanted to do was start with the big, massive bookcase. So I removed, like, all of the stuff that I, like, when I looked at something and I thought, like, I looked at a book and thought, do I still read this? No. Is it something from my childhood that you would want to keep? Mm-hmm. So then if, if you want if I knew you'd want to keep it, I put it in a separate pile. And if I didn't want it at all and I knew you wouldn't want it at all, I put it in a separate pile and that got donated. And I just kept doing that process for my bookcase and then I did that for my wardrobe and now the bookcases I can drop it to twelve uh like cubes and maybe even nine if I get rid of even more stuff. Yeah, so you got tired of everything in there, got sick of looking at it and you I remember you declaring to me, Mum, I want a smaller bookcase. I'm sick of this massive big thing taking up the whole space in my room. And so then you thought, well, I might have a nine cube or a 12 cube instead yeah. and swap it over. And so you then went about emptying every single cube. Yeah. Uh, and we did donate lots of stuff. There were a few things that I decided had to be kept for sentimental yeah. reasons because they're mostly my sentimental reasons or there was a story behind them that you didn't know about like they belonged to yeah. my sister or something like that and um so there were a few things that stayed and i just have i think i still have a small stack on my in my bedroom of your things that need to get put away in the memorabilia box which i haven't done yet mm. of course i've started making a archive memorabilia box what's in it um, I've got a year seven graduation like um, jumper. I've got a Sapsaza tournament jumper. I've got from again year seven my house captain badge. Mm. I've got old like cards, like basketball cards that I want to keep, but I don't want the whole stack of them. I just want to keep a couple of them that That's I like. My favorite ones. Yeah. So it's stuff that it's like a little treasure box of memories yeah. for you. It's stuff that I. I want to keep because they have like a story behind them or I just find them cool or something, but I don't want them out and they kind of don't really have a spot to go in. Yeah. So I'm just going to get a couple of boxes and put them up in the top of my wardrobe. Yep. Sounds like a plan. So the first thing you did was your goal was to re get rid of your bookcase. You had another goal as well. You wanted to change your desk over. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, um, so I, I made, um, I got a, got a notebook, notebook and 
every time I thought of like a task to do to make the room more organized, I wrote it down. And then I got I filled up two pages and I stuck them on my wall. So you know, every time I complete a task, I I fill in the box, and that kind of gives me a something like a motivation, like it's satisfying filling in that box after completing something. Mm. And I just filled one in just then because I remembered that I changed my light finally. Changed your light. Yeah, I got a new light. Oh, lamp. Lamp. Changed yeah. your lamp over. Yeah, that's right. You got a, big, a new lamp. Mm. And that was one of the things on the list. Yeah. So you've done most of the things that are on your list? I've done most of the small stuff, some of the bigger stuff, which we can't really do right now because we're not really allowed to go outside. So, like, get a new desk. And not dead. No. Well, I might want to get a new desk because I don't really like the desk I have right now. Yeah, so Ethan decided to swap his desk with one that we had in our studio. Uh, and he's, So we did that, but then he doesn't even like that one either. So <laughs> we'll, find a, we'll find one that, that suits you a little bit yeah. better. Um, and we'll, ha- we'll have to do that after the whole quarantine thing. Yeah. So you talked briefly about how you decide what to declutter and what to keep. And did you have any difficulties? Like, were there any things that you just couldn't make the decision about? Yeah, there are a couple of things. Mainly, I got this big box of old Pokemon cards. Mm. And when I was in primary school, maybe when I was seven or so, I got a deck of Pokemon cards for a birthday present. And I never used them. I wasn't really interested in it. So then we got rid of them because I was never using them. And then a couple of years later, a friend got me back into Pokemon and the cards and I was kicking myself because I didn't have that old deck. Mm. And then I got back into Pokemon. I got a bunch of cards. And now that fate, like that fad is kind of fizzled. And I don't know whether I should get rid of them or not because it might come back. And I doubt that it will come back because times change when you get older. But I'm still kind of hesitant to... And I might do what I'm doing with other, like card decks I'm just keeping ones that I'm gonna like that I like and putting them in the archive box and then getting rid of the ones I don't need so that's kind of like a method that I use with my clients where we sample take a sample of something that's a, that will meet your needs rather than all of them so you reckon maybe your favorite Pokemon cards will be enough hmm. and then the other ones can go but there's still a chance that in five years time you're going to be interested in Pokemon again and then you're going to regret this decision yeah, I guess. But I think what I'm going to do is... Um, so I got some cards from like friends and relatives and people who didn't want their cards. So I got this big stack of cards that weren't mine to begin with. And then when I started to buy my own cards, those cards are the ones that actually gave me... Like when I got rare cards from my own packs, those gave me more satisfaction. So I'm going to keep the cards that I got myself because I feel like... They're more attached to me, not the stacks and stacks of cards that I got given to me. Okay. So you're keeping the ones that have the strongest emotion, that you have the strongest emotional connection with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, do you remember the lava lamps? Yes. I do remember <laughs> the lava lamps now. <laughs> Tell the story about the lava lamps. And I'll take... Do you remember? No. You don't remember. This is I'm going to tell the story about love lamps because this just shows Ethan's attachment um, and and how he does definitely get attached to things. When he was about seven or eight, he got two lava lamps for Christmas, and we went through a bit of a declutter as we did regularly with you. And you made the decision that one lava lamp was enough, 
and mm. you got rid of that lava lamp. And I reckon it would have been about three months later, you came out to me at 11 o'clock at night and you couldn't sleep because all you could think about was the lava lamp that you missed. And you, <laughs> you didn't, you, you, were, you were really sad, you were in tears because you missed this lava lamp and you regretted getting rid of it. And I thought that was interesting. I mean, partly it might've just been you were laying awake and all of your worries were coming in at once. And so that one was just maybe the straw that broke the camel's back, I don't know. But yeah, you did regret getting rid of that lava lamp at that time. Do you still miss it? I don't even remember <laughs> that at all. Yeah. I remember one of the love lamps. It was an orange one. That was I liked that one. That was the one. one you kept. Yeah, that was the one I kept and I remember. And soft toys. So now the <sighs> soft toys, you Ethan's always been a soft toy kid and as a as a little kid you would get very attached to your soft toys and Granny still tells the story about how he cried all afternoon once because he saw a toy in a store a soft toy that looked really sad and you <laughs> and you were so upset at this sad toy that you cried all afternoon you would have been about three or four because I, think. I couldn't take it home and make it happy no it was just it was just the look oh. of it made you sad it had those really really oh. big eyes and it looked sad and yeah granny said that yeah after you saw it in the store you cried all afternoon about how sad this toy was so you definitely have an affinity with stuffed yep creatures and that has continued because in your big declutter I have noticed not one single soft toy has left your room yep yep and why is that because of what I just said yeah I guess so (laughs) there's like my attachment to things has sort of like fizzled as I've gotten older and I've started to be more realistic with things like but yeah, whenever, like, because all of those, all of the soft toys, they have a story behind them, and I remember most of the stories behind them. So, like, one of them is a manta ray. It was an eagle, a spotted eagle ray, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got it, it was, I think I was seven, we were, went to Queensland for a couple of days or weeks. Months. <laughs> it was a month. Oh, wow. We did a, a road trip for a month, yeah. A month, okay. And um, we went to SeaWorld, yep. Yeah, and that, and we went to SeaWorld, and... I remember in the store, I vividly remember the store. I remember there was a, like a basket. It was maybe a metre, two metres tall and it was mesh and there was a pile of stingrays in it and I wanted one, so I got it. Mm-hmm. And I have that memory attached to it whenever I look at it and there's that memory with every single thing there. Like there's some part of in my memory that's just sucked into that. But doesn't everything that you have have, don't you remember every? thing that you have like buying it yeah how's it different I don't know I guess because I spent so much time with them when I was younger like I would always have them piled on top of the end of my bed yeah so Ethan slept with most of his soft toys and I felt bad if I didn't sleep with one of them for like a week <laughs> because you felt guilty that because, they were being left out yeah because it did get to a point where there wasn't enough room in the bed for all of them and we did have to rotate them but they he, Ethan loved sleeping with him, and Manta was one of your very favourites. Yeah. He was a firm favourite for a very long time. And I don't know if I fostered that with the Bennies <laughs> or not, but you still got the Bennies, I assume. Yeah. Um, they're not going to go. They're ne- never going to go? No. Nah. No, nah, you'll have them. They'll go to my kids. 
They'll go to your kids, yeah. So that's the Bennies are special. They're extra special. So that's interesting. So amongst all of the soft toys, they're all special, but you have the extra specials. And I, I, again, when I was younger, I'd always feel bad for having a better, like a bigger connection to those two white rabbits <laughs> than the other ones, because I felt that I was leaving them out or something. Yeah. And for some reason, I hadn't I had a strong attachment. So there was Benny one and Benny two. Yeah. And I liked number two, for some reason, a lot more. I don't know why. Oh. But I'd, or I'd never, like, in my head, I was like, stop thinking that you like it more. You're going <laughs> to make number one unhappy, even though they're the same thing. I couldn't tell the difference between the Bennies. I never knew which one was number one or number two. I you had to tell knew. me. I always knew. Yeah. So, um, but Bennies are still very special. And every now and then at night, I'll be sleeping, and, for, and just for some reason, I'll just, like... It's like there's like this invisible little like a bubble when I'm sleeping. It's like the, the size of the bennies. Oh. And it's like a gap there and I'm like, something needs to be there. <laughs> and I just feel that randomly. Uh, you, so should, it's like they... you should still take the bennies to bed. No. Why not? Then you wouldn't have that hole there. <laughs> no, that just randomly comes out every now and then. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Uh, so you've kept all of your soft toys and that is going to be a decision that you make later in life about culling those. If at all. Yeah. Well, there's there's some of them that... Like, there's one I remember. It was in year one. If we did something good in class, we'd get, like, a special toy. And mm. one of them was this little creature bean thing that smelled nice. And that is still in there. Oh, yeah. In the soft toys. And I don't really have that much of a connection to it. So I think that might be one of them to go. Yeah. And so how would you make that decision? Oh, I just... I guess if I... If I don't have a strong connection to them and I wouldn't be, like, really annoyed if I got rid of them or sad because I got rid of them, I'll get... They'll go. Okay. Which won't be many, but... Yeah. That there'll be a couple that can go. Yeah. And then maybe as you get older and the attachment reduces... Yeah. Do you reckon that will happen? I reckon. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in my experience, attachment does reduce, but it doesn't always go away completely. And there's lots of things I've kept because the attachment stayed really strong. But, but you also had to work with a boundary, and that is your small bedroom. Mm. So you had to get rid of some things so that the soft toys could stay. Really, and what what were the things you got rid of to sac? Like what were the things well, you sacrificed for I think the soft toys? When I had heaps and heaps of soft toys, it started to become get rid of one, and you can get one. Well, yes, that's a rule. I think that's what... Well, no, you can't get a new one unless you get rid of one. Yeah. And so you I think I had to do that a couple of times. I, I think, think I... we stopped buying you soft toys at about the age of t- eight, eight or because you just yeah. had too many and we couldn't fit any more yeah, in your room. Yeah, way too many. <laughs> and you still have a lot. Yeah. But you have room for them now because you've decluttered everything. Yeah, but they're still taking up a whole drawer and a whole like, covered hole. Yeah, yeah, shelf hole. Yeah, a shelf and a drawer full of soft toys but you you have the room though because you've got a lot of empty drawers now haven't you Mm. yeah so how did you get empty drawers well so i've got i think a set of four drawers on the left and four drawers on the right and had up the top a big messy underwear drawer with socks and underwear big messy underwear drawer is the best way to describe it because i would spend all this time neatly folding ethan's underwear for him and then he'd just chuck it in but i don't do that anymore oh we'll talk about that in a minute and then I had below that just piles of crap in it. And then on the right, I'd have my sport drawers. And I had about like two full drawers just packed full of just like 
sport guernseys, shorts, stuff I wear to games, stuff I wear to training, stuff I wear to, like, poor games. And it was just packed in there. So then that that was, that mess was taking up two drawers. <laughs> so what I did is I just, I started, like, I hung the guernseys that I liked the most up and I got rid of ones I didn't need, which was a lot. And then I just had stuff in the bottom drawer on the left, the stuff I wear to games and training. Okay, so that all fits in there now. Mm. And then the other drawers are empty, though. Aren't there a few empty drawers completely? No, well, no, because I've been trying to fill them. Oh. So there's one drawer that has all shorts. Yep. And then there's one drawer that has all long pants and school shorts. Okay. And that drawer is pretty empty. There isn't much there. You don't have a lot of clothes. (laughs) No. So, yeah, I, yeah, I culled a lot and a lot of clothes, like, a lot of shirts before I... And I'm going to do more culls because I want more clothes that I like now. Yeah. So, you went through all of your clothes. So, you just mentioned how your underwear drawer isn't messy anymore. No, it's not. And and how did this miracle happen? <laughs> well, because I have... I think it comes from you. I have this... I. I feel satisfied by things that are neat, mm. but there's like I have two sides. I have parts where I like things being neat and I like the process of cleaning things, but then I have the other side of me that hates it, <laughs> and they kind of clash. And sometimes one prevails, and that is like sometimes my brain switches and thinks you got to make that tidy, mm. and I did. And now I keep it tidy because I have like little boxes and I put some underwear in there, some underwear in there, and then my socks in another part, and then I'm at like, old socks, just off to the side. So, folks, there is hope. I have been... what well, I've had... He's had those little compartments in that drawer for, what, 10 years? Yeah. And they've always just been a big jumble of mess. And finally, he's using them, and it's so exciting. Yeah. And I... The trouble that I go to to fold his underwear nice and neatly so that he can little do little Murray Kondo stacks has paid off because you do the little Marie Kondo stacks now. Yes. And then you open that drawer and you feel... <laughs> I don't know what I feel. Satisfied? Well, I just feel that I can see the underwear I'm going to wear and I pick it out. So... And I see the sock, And I've got socks. I have white socks and blue socks in different compartments because I don't really wear white socks anymore. So I'm probably going to get rid of them. <laughs> you're a bit of a minimalist when it comes to clothes. Yeah. So you'll just have need, blue socks. I don't need clothes. Mm. He might change his mind. Again, if I, I don't have any sense of fashion, so that's probably not going to... Yeah, you're a practical person. Yeah. They either, they do a job, don't they? Mm-hmm. So when, when Ethan goes shopping with me, he says, I need a long pair of pants for riding so that my legs don't get scratched. Or I need a long sleeve shirt so my arms don't get scratched by the trees as I ride past them. Uh, so he's, he's very practical um, in that way. So the wardrobe is all sorted. and well, you've... No, not quite yet. Not quite yet. No. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right now. 
back to the discussion. And your bookcase, you've got, you know what's going in your bookcase? Uh, yeah, um, again, I still want some things gone because I still look at things and I think, I, like books, books are a real problem. So I have a set of almost every Diver Wimpy Kid book mm. because I always loved reading them. But now I, I don't really like reading them. But my brain goes, oh, what if you do want to read them? <laughs> but I know I don't read them. And there's other books that I loved when I was younger and I read way too often. But now I don't want to read them, but I still want to keep them. But they're not quite sentimentally attached to me. I just think, what if I want to read it? But I don't really read that many books anymore. No. Like, well... You read for school. Certain books. Yeah. Like, there's the Die Wimpy Kid books. I don't think I'm going to ever read them again. Maybe I'll read them all now and then have them fresh in my memory for a while and then chuck them out. Maybe. You could also think about other ways to get those books if you wanted them. Yeah. So I'll just get Audible. They'll probably have some. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Or you can borrow them from the library because there's always going to be those books at the library. So there's always options, but... Um, but I, do, I, I doubt that I'm ever going to read them again now that I'm getting older. Yeah. So that's so that was how you made decisions on books, was whether you're going to read them again. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of the sentimental attachment thing. Yeah, most of the sentimental attachment things went to you. Yep. And they were just, like, I'm surprised about how many books I got rid of, because there was a lot, like the pile. There was like four, like four piles. You should have counted all, them, yeah. Yeah, there's about four piles that were 30 centimetres tall. Yeah. There's so many books. Yeah, there were lots of books that you got rid of. That was a very heavy box yes, <laughs> that I had to take to the charity. It was two boxes. Yeah. Uh, and I, ha oh, I haven't told you this, but uh, when I took it to the charity, I took it to a church uh, and they have an op shop and I told them that they were yours and you were doing a big declutter. And she said to say, thank you very much because they were very good things and they were very grateful for them. I should so, give them more things. You should give them more things, and I'm sure you will over yeah. time. I'm going to have a lot less stuff now, so there's going to be less things to get rid of. So are you happy having less stuff? Yeah. Why? Because I don't need the thing. I don't need a lot of things. I've come to realise that, like, yeah, I've started to become a bit of a minimalist because I don't need things if they don't bring me joy. So you th you're thinking that it's all about what brings you joy. Mm. And so as a minimalist, you are thinking then that having less could bring you joy as well as the things that you do keep. Well, I don't really find that having less gives me joy. I'm not that much of a minimalist, but it's more that I, it's kind of all on the other side that if it doesn't bring me joy, I can get rid of it. Oh, yeah. And I feel... I think it is slightly claustrophobic if there's a lot of stuff there. But I just feel like if there's... Like, I want to see my walls for once. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get rid of that bookcase so I can see that wall. So you can have a little bit of yeah um, white space. Yeah, and more floor space so I can play mini basketball in my room. <laughs> like, but it's like having the... Because the wardrobe goes right up to my door, mm. and just before coming in, I bruised my heel on it. Well, we can't move the wardrobe, so you're just yeah. going to have to learn where that is so that you stop banging into yeah. it. And it's been there long enough that I think you should know where it is by now. So how... I've, I've noticed something lately, and it has been mildly irritating for me, but at the same time it's been good. And I'll, I'll try and explain why. 
I've noticed that you are doing a nightly tidy up of your bedroom. Yeah. And so for anyone who's listening who thinks, why would that be annoying? When I say nightly, I mean at like 11 o'clock at night when he should be in bed. That's what's annoying about it. So everyone else has gone to bed. We've finally wound Ethan up. He's very slow at doing pretty much anything unless he's excited about it. So he's pretty slow at winding up for bed and getting into pajamas and cleaning teeth and doing all of those things you have to do before you go to bed. And there are times where from nine o'clock onwards, we are prompting him to finish his nightly routine. Mm. And then I'll walk past at quarter to 11 on my way to bed and find him there putting away clothes and tidying up. So tell me how this became a habit. And I will ignore the fact that you do it at the very wrong time of the day. But I I guess that it's when, before I go to bed, if my room isn't tidy, I kind of look at it and think, I just, I want this to look tidy. I don't really, I can't really put like words to it. How it, like how my brain works. It's, there's no real strong image to it, but it's just, it's there where I have to, I want it to be clean before I go to bed. Uh, is that part of avoiding going to bed? No. You sure? Well, I mean, I I do struggle to get to sleep, but otherwise. So I I find this really interesting because for the 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 other like you know you're 16 in September, so for 15 years you have quite happily lived in a hovel yep. that smelt bad, looked bad, crunched when you walked over it. And okay, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I didn't live. I wasn't that bad. But you were quite happy to have a messy room. Yes, but you, you're giving off the image that <laughs> there was no square centimetre on my floor that was visible. Sometimes. I was not that bad. Sometimes you couldn't see the floor, but... I, <laughs> okay, you were... It could have been worse. It, it, wasn't, it was probably only one layer, at least, if it got to that point. Um, but there were times when you couldn't see the floor, and you didn't care. No, I didn't. Yeah, and so what changed? I don't know. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I don't know what changed in my brain. And it was a really quick change as well. Mm. It wasn't just like a a slow thing, which I do most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like doing other things than just cleaning my room. But during the day, like, I do have some days where I just spend the whole day just tidying my room. I don't understand how. It can take you that long, but I do know. Oh, because I do other things, but well, I just... You don't do other... Th- what you do is you watch YouTube, and then while you're watching YouTube, you occasionally do something in your room. So I yeah. think it's actually not that you well, clean no, your room because... while you do other things. It's like you're, you're because doing the... a whole lot of other stuff, and then sometimes you're putting away something that you find on the floor. Well, because what I want to do when I decide to clean my room, I put on a TV show or a video that I've seen before that I'm not going to be interested in. And that my brain says, all right, you're going to put that on and then clean your room while you're doing it. But because like because my brain always wants white noise. I, like, I can't do anything unless there's a background noise. Mm-hmm. So I can't sleep unless there's a fan on or the radio on or something like that. There has to be a constant noise. Because I, I don't like doing things that... And because, like, with music, if it's in my ears, my brain starts to focus on the music too much. And I, f- like lose focus on other things. Um, but with a TV show or something, if I just put my computer on my desk, what I want to do is not focus on that, just have the noise in my head and do other things. But my brain still sees something moving and I look at it. 
And then you forget how long. And then I sit down on my comfy chair and I just look at it. And then. And then I walk past and and as you hear me come in, you leap up and you pretend to be doing something. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so obvious every time because you're always in the the same posture when I walk past. Yeah, I'm always. And then you're surprised that when I'm annoyed that you haven't actually done anything in the two hours that you've said you've been cleaning your room. But I do that less now because I actually do clean well, my that's room. The I thing. have actually made progress. You actually, this is something that I've noticed, is that because you don't have as much stuff in your room now. It's less to clean up. Exactly. So. And I think, yeah, that's why I do want to get rid of a lot of stuff because there's less to clean. Yeah. And cleaning's not your forte. No, but what I said, there's two sides of my brain. There's a side that likes cleaning and the side that doesn't. No, no, there isn't. There's no side of your brain that likes cleaning. There's a side of your brain that likes clean things. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the side of your brain that doesn't like cleaning. So if I went in there and did it every day, you'd be happy as Larry because it'd be <laughs> clean and tidy and you wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. So by getting rid of a whole lot of stuff, that means that you get to have a clean room with less cleaning. Yeah. Well, yeah, I seem like my brain is now like it, my brain likes the look of tidy and clean things. Whereas before, when I was younger, I didn't care. I was just... Like, I used to do that, where I'd put all... I'd chuck all my stuff on the ground, but I wouldn't be motivated to pick it back up again. But now, I'm okay with picking that back, that stuff back up again. Mm, well, that's good. Mm. Um, okay, so we need to finish this up because it's gone too long. So, what would you say, if you wanted to give another teenager, someone out there who might be listening to this or whose parents might be listening to this, some advice. What would be your advice to help them conduct a bedroom decluttering well, project? I just kind of tell them what I told myself. It's just, do you need this stuff? And if not, you can get rid of it. If it brings you joy, then keep it. But if, like, if you want your room to be tidy... You just have to do, like, I know it's taking me a while, but I gave myself goals. Mm. I have a checklist on my wall that I look at all the time. And so you would recommend people do that? Yeah. Checklists work because you get like a sense of accomplishment whenever you do something instead of it's just, it's like if you want to change your sheets or something, something small like that. When you change your sheets and you don't have like a checklist, you finish it and you just go, okay, cool. It's done. Mm. But if you get to physically cross something off you get to satisfyingly fill in a box that it kind of gives you because you get motivated you think i want to check off that 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 and that on my list and then you do it and then you get to check it all off so you get to see how far you've come yeah you get to see you also get a reminder of the things you still need to do and a good thing to do what i like doing i don't haven't really done it in a while but time lapse yourself cleaning your room oh yeah because like i love time lapses whenever i'm like my friend and I are building jumps or something. I love time-lapsing it because mm. you get to see the process of it starting from something small. Like, you're like for an example, building a jump. You start with no dirt. Then you see the time-lapse piles up the dirt. And then a new time-lapse, shaping the jump. And you can see the process of it being built. And then you get to ride it, which is the satisfaction, mm. which is the end of it, which is like having a clean room. So if you time-lapse yourself cleaning your room you get to watch it back and just see your room being progressively cleaner or if you take like progression photos so you take a before and after photo Mm. so you can have a 
so sense get, of accomplishment. That sense of satisfaction of look where it was and look where it is now and you get mm. to see it all wrapped up in a fairly neat one-minute bundle. Yeah. Yeah, so. even if it took you all day or mm. or, 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 or all summer holidays. Mm. <laughs> Actually, we're way out of summer. But, um, yeah, so, so those are your main tips, you'd say. Mm. Have a checklist. Be firm on what brings you joy and what doesn't. Yeah. And maybe do a time lapse or mm. have a visual record. Of Give some yourself kind. something to show your progress. Yep. Good job. Well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully our listeners have learned something from it. The main reason, I think I said this at the start, but the main reason that I wanted to get Ethan on to talk about it was because he is one of those kids. He is one of those kids that has struggled to stay tidy. He struggled with sentimentality and attachment when he was younger. I, mean, I still remember him carrying around a palm frond while we were on holiday for days until it oh. accidentally fell down a drain and sticks. you were devastated. Sticks and things, yeah. Sticks. Yeah, oh, sticks. very attached to sticks and all that kind of stuff. So here's that, here's that kid. So, and I'm sure that you've got one of those kids. Um, or some of you have got one of those kids that just, you know, really get attached to things and, and struggle with categorizing and organizing and managing their time and managing their space. And I think that, I mean, obviously I've tried to teach him things as... I think it's worked. I think, yeah. like, in all of, whenever you used to, like, teach me things and you'd unpack things with me, I'd kind of sit there and I'd be kind of miserable because, <laughs> like, I'm like, Mom, get out of my space. It's my room. I can do what I want with it. But I think I, it's kind of slightly burnt into me now. And I now, like, what you've taught me is working. So Even though I was very tuned out when you tried. <laughs> a bit resistant to it. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So when I went in and forced you to go through the process yourself, there was a benefit to that at the end. Yeah. And I'm one of the things I try to teach my clients is to not do it for their kids. And I think this is an example of how doing it with them has a payoff, payoff at the end. Mm. And if you teach them to do it, like if you spend, sit down with them for an hour or two hours, teach them how to do it, give them examples of looking at something, deciding whether you want it or not, and then putting it in a certain pile, like they, if you teach them that for a, a couple of hours... Then you go away. There's, like, what happened with me? I did it. Like, it took me many, many years. But they will finally get the mindset that they don't need a crap ton of stuff. And then it's... Their room is disgusting. <laughs> Not all rooms are disgusting. But, yeah, I think that, you know, that learning process is something that you don't see the results of straight away. Mm. And Which it does... I struggled with because I'm lazy. And if there's something to be done, I want it done straight away. I hate, I hated processes. Yeah. But now you've figured out some processes that work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, I think, um, I, I, I like to give people hope for their kids that are, that find it very difficult to let go, that find it difficult to focus on a decluttering task, which is your, was your issue as well when mm. you were little mm. and your sentimentality and your resistance to being told what to do and all that kind of stuff, that persistence on my part, I'm mm. thinking maybe, maybe I did something right, dude. It did work a bit, yeah. <laughs> Parenting gold star for mum? Mm. No? You're not going to yeah. give me that? Get a brownie. A brownie. 
A brownie point yeah. or a brownie? Yeah. A brownie point. Yeah, but it's only... I thought you were it... going to cook me brownies for a second there. No. No. That's not going to happen. I cook it. So, yeah, so thank you very much, Ethan. I appreciate your time and your insight and your cooperation. Uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, someone will get something out of this, yeah. either kids or parents, and, um, and they might appreciate it as well. So thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.